Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things nutrition. I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health enthusiast. Hello, Renegades. Hello, Renegades. Welcome back. I'm excited for this episode. Yeah, this is going to be great. All about the, the fats and the, the fats. oils. That's right. I'm going to scoot my mic closer to me because I remember that you're louder. Oh, I am. I know. <laughs> I'll whisper so I can be the same. No, no just talk normally. <laughs> That's so good. Um, today, we're going to talk about good fat and bad fat. And my I have a relationship with my own body and good fat and bad fat. <laughs> The good fat and the bad fat. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just oh, joking. Shoot. Okay. I, before we... Okay, so this is my this is my random question of the day before yeah. we get into the conversation. Uh, do you it. remember a time okay. in which the appropriate spelling for ketchup yeah. was C-A-T-S-U-P? Like catsup. Oh, like catsup? Yeah. Okay. Do I, you remember a time when that was what was correct? Okay, I w- I know that it was recognized as okay to do that, but my household was always a K E T C A. You know what I mean? So okay. so we were always the cat ketchup instead of the cats up. But um, maybe it was a California thing. That's what I'm wondering. Okay, so I was, okay. so Christopher and I were talking about this last night. It came up like into my head out of the blue. Yes. But I was like, this is an example of a word which in my lifetime changed. So I okay. remember yes. being in elementary school. And the teacher that was working with us was like, the appropriate spelling for ketchup... Kids. Kids. Is C-A-T-S-U-P, but it's okay to yes. spell it K with the K, K-E-T-C-H-U-P. Oh. I mean, like, lesser spelling, but yeah. okay. <laughs> but she was like, no, the way you spell it is C-A-T-S-U-P. But you still would say it ketchup. Ketchup. You, you still pronounce it ketchup. It's still ketchup. But I think we'd be said, like, ketchup. Yeah, Get the ketchup. <laughs> Automatic English accent. That might be your California, I well, think. Well, okay, so then we were having this debate because Christopher okay. was like, he says he remembers a time okay. when in the grocery store... There okay. would be a bottle which was spelled ketchup, like with a K-E-T. Yes. But that there were also bottles that were spelled C-A-T-S-U-P. Yes. He that, remembers those being in the grocery store. Okay, so that leads us to like the facial tissue or the Kleenex. Right. So like, you know, now like we all call Kleenex Kleenex right. when it's actually a facial tissue. Yeah. So maybe ketchup stole the ketchup. Well, so we, then we, <laughs> then, oh, okay, you know me, like, so then we had to look up the history of oh, it. Oh, there's a real, so you know it. Real, I know the history. Okay, let's hear it. Because we looked it. it up, but I was so curious. So actually they said, cat, cats up, cats, cats up. Cats they think up. it was like an originally like a Chinese word or. Oh, I guess English. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was cats up, but it was a condiment made from fermented fish. Oh. Like fermented, like sardines and yes. or anchovies, fermented fish, yes. vinegar, spices. Okay. And then... Tomatoes? No. No tomatoes. No! No, it was literally fermented fish and spices and vinegar. Okay. And it was like this healthy condiment. Mm, fair. Just, and Let then, America change like America. That. Yeah. And then yeah. like the original, like whoever was trading in those, I like I didn't get that deep into history, yeah. but at some point like American people like became exposed to it. Yes. And then they brought it back yes. to the U.S. and it maintained that formula okay. until like the 1800s. Okay. They discovered it back in the like 1700s or something. Then they yes. brought it. So it maintained that formula with like fermented fish and vinegar. Yep. And then. Sounds good. And then 
a particular like manufacturer started adding tomatoes. So then everybody was Heinz. like, oh, this is good. <laughs> it must be Heinz. Well, Heinz. Was it? Heinz was the first. Yes. Okay. Heinz okay. was the first one to do exclusively tomatoes. Oh, yes. So it was, so they added tomatoes like a hundred years later. So okay. But then it didn't become exclusively tomatoes until Heinz. And okay. then they said Heinz started spelling it K-E-T-C-H-U-P to set it apart from the other condiments because it didn't have any fish. Oh, I knew they were the Kleenex. I knew Heinz was the Kleenex yeah. brand. Okay. So that's where ketchup started. And now they own it. But they said that the, that for the most part, since the 1800s, yeah. well, since Heinz, okay, whenever Heinz came into the picture, yeah. Yeah. somewhere in that time frame, they said since then, everybody has unique has started calling it and spelling it with a K, okay. but that there are pockets Yes. Throughout the United States that still spell it that with still the C-A-T. teach their children. So cool. <laughs> like so we were like a sleeper cell, like in Santa Barbara for the like original spelling of ketchup. I love it. I love it. Anyway. It's catsup. I cat interesting. Um and I think I would like the old catsup. Yeah. the original recipe. Like leave it to America yeah. to take Fish yep. and replace it with tomatoes. Yes, yes. And spices and replace it with corn with syrup. sugar. Yes, 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 yes. Sugar. <laughs> guys, this is delicious. Yeah, it is. It tastes way better than that this fish. It tastes shit. way better. <laughs> we just this replace is... the fish with tomatoes. Yes. We replace the vinegar yes. and the spices with high fructose corn syrup. And, and now they kids actually... want to dip everything they eat in it. Like, look, it worked. They actually used to call it bro- or cake broccoli. Now we just changed it to adding, yeah. <laughs> Sugar and flour and... Guys, this is cake. Okay, that's hilarious. Okay, anyway, that's my story for the day. Interesting. This is good history of food. I was so intrigued by it when Mm -hmm. we started doing the research. I was like, fucking America, man. Mm -hmm. Of course. Western world. Your fatty fish is gross. Yes, yes. (laughs) Slice it with nightshades. (laughs) Sugar. How's your gut now, America? Oh, shit. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, that's completely unrelated. Okay, okay, okay. About. But you know I do like the history, so... Yes, I love it. Okay, Good so stuff. today's podcast, we're talking about fats and oils. For the body. Yeah. yeah. For the body. Yeah. We had some good questions on this, and I yeah. did my best to address them. And I, um, you know how they used to have like a low-fat, low-whatever diet? I'm, I now introduce more fats into my diet, and I'm loving them. Okay, so I am curious. Yeah. Like, did you get on the low-fat bandwagon you know I was never too into the diet cultures because I kind of knew just ate moderate so I didn't pay attention but I didn't eat a ton but even though my my husband will slightly say stuff to my kids like don't eat a lot of that there's a lot of fat in it Um, and I'm like no do eat that it'll it'll keep you full longer guys eat the peanut butter or whatever yeah yeah. but so there is kind of that undercurrent yeah okay so your household growing up did you guys do butter or margarine margarine think of all the like plastic cells running around my body right now (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah big time margarine because my mom was like, we were told from the doctors it was healthier than real yeah. butter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like your whole like childhood or whole, did you guys forever. You never knew butter. Never. Like what about grandparents? Um, they did. You know what? We didn't eat a, like we didn't really eat butter at their house. So I don't know. Wow. Like we would cook with things that didn't really involve butter. Isn't that funny? See, so I remember, so we did butter. Yeah. But then I remember a phase where my mom started doing margarine. Because she thought. Because uh-huh. she, like, heard it was healthier. Saw it on an advertisement somewhere. Yeah. Yep. I feel like I was, like, 
10 maybe i'm sure she's she's probably gonna listen to this and be like no it was when you were nine and a half yes yeah yeah um <laughs> and i was a good mom yes you were you were <laughs> yeah no so she started doing margarine i remember and i remember being like mm, this just tastes like oily nothing mm-hmm. but then here's the crazy thing yeah. so her like her doctor was like you need to switch to margarine it's better for you yeah and she like bought into the whole like mainstream margarine's better yep. Yep. Then she went back. Her and my dad would do annual blood tests. She yes. went back, and her triglycerides were like through the roof. Really, and they had never been high before. She'd always had really healthy, like blood lipid panels, and her lipid panel looked like shit. And she was like, "The only thing I changed was the mar- was like margarine instead of butter." So, so we only did margarine. Okay. I'm pretty sure for like that one year. Fascinating. And then she switched back to butter because she was like, "What." The what? what the what? And I loved like that scientific proof behind it. Um, my family to this day, they still do margarine in the house. Yeah, okay. like to this day, they're like, nope, that's that. that uh, yeah, Maybe they'll listen to this podcast. I know, I, I know. I'm gonna sneak butter in the house, mom and you dad. Just sneaking, scrape sneaking. all the margarine out of the tub and, <laughs> and just, just replace it into the. It with I can't believe it's not butter, not margarine. <laughs> so much better. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. It's wild. Yeah. Well, Anyway, I like as always, I have to have my my short history lesson before we begin mm-hmm. today. It's only because it's so fascinating. It to is me. to know where we came from. Yeah. So. Yep. Okay. So specifically, what we'll cover in this podcast is fats and oils, and when I'm so we call it vegetable oil. But like when okay. I refer to vegetable oil, okay, I I think it's important to address this question kind of like right out the gate. Which okay. Is what is like vegetable oil? Yes. So the reason they call it vegetable oil is not because it's made with any sort of vegetables. Okay. Because all vegetable oil is made with grains okay. or seeds. Okay. Oh, that's fascinating. Or seeds or like you can't get oil out of a veggie? Not, not really. Not really. No, okay. no like it's not like broccoli Keep squeezing, oil. there's nothing yeah, in it. Yeah, like broccoli true, oil. True, like, true. I'm sure you could to an extent. Yeah. Anyway, so like vegetable. so okay, so you know like animal vegetable mineral okay that's how they just like classify things like back in the day okay yes it was just it was either animal vegetable or mineral that was like what you ate so that's why they called it vegetable oils was to separate it out categorically from from animal animal okay okay that's why they call it vegetable oils but it's misleading because it literally has nothing to do with vegetables interesting so it means seed like seed is the most common so okay like when i say vegetable oils what i'm talking about is usually like canola oil soy oil sunflower oil safflower oil cottonseed oil uh corn oil grapeseed oil any vegan like non-butter spread okay and margarine okay that's what's encompassed in that so that's what we mean when we say vegetable oils okay so Actually, that's what we're talking about. Okay, is that list? Okay, is that list? Is like the main mainstream go? Yep. Yeah, and we can re- we can read through that again. And so, yeah, over the years, like I've learned a ton about fats and oils, yep. and the importance of healthy fats, and the importance of avoiding unhealthy fats. Yeah. Um, and then even I mean I've read a ton a ton of books, but I reread a bunch of books for this podcast. Um, and I listened to several different um interviews, and I read. Gosh, seven books. So I think I read Sally Fallon, Sarah Gottfried, Mark Hyman, Dave Asprey, Sarah Ballantyne, Dr. Natasha Campbell. Good names here. Good people. Dr. Natasha Campbell, Dr. Jack Wilson, uh, Catherine, Dr. Catherine Shanahan, and a few others. So over the, that was seven books and podcasts. Um, and I listened, I always have to listen to that, like Sally Fallon. Yes. Okay. I would have to get this on this. Animal Fats. 
that podcast. Okay. That's the one. Okay, when you and I first met, yes, that's the first podcast I ever sent you. When you and I were talking in the shop, you asked me a question. And somehow we got into the whole conspiracy theory behind animal fats versus vegetable oils. Right, right, yes. And I started telling you the story that she talks about in that podcast. Okay. That's the very first podcast I think I ever sent Okay, you. and I know I never listened to it. Probably not. That, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, yes, I do. I, I think I if you, like, I didn't, I, 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 like, never previously really listened yeah. to a lot of podcasts before yeah. I started wanting to make our own. And then I'm like, I should know what a podcast yes. is. Then I started listening to them and I'm like, oh, I've been missing out all these Oh, they're years, awesome. But, uh-huh. You just get to hear people talk. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, anyway, so all that to say, I feel pretty yeah. confident in the validity of the information I'm sharing today. Yes. I pulled, I looked at like all those different sources. I looked at what they said and then everything yep. that was cohesive is what we're, we're sharing felt, today. Felt right in your gut. I'm right in my gut. I'm, I, I'm here for it. Like a healthy I want, fat. I'm a sponge ready to take this in. Okay. Um, okay. So when we, I, I guess one more thing to say today, because today there is like a blend of oils called vegetable oil. Like okay. You'll see it in recipes where it's like vegetable oils. Just so that you know, that usually today refers to a specific product, which is like a blend of seed oils. So okay. normally it's like a combination of, of like yeah. canola and corn and whatever, sunflower, safflower oil. Yeah. The, the way they make it is really mild, so it doesn't have like a lot of flavor. Okay. And that's why people call for that in cooking. Okay. But it's nasty. We're going to replace it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Goodbye, vegetable oils. So vegetable oils don't include, when I'm saying like vegetable oils, that doesn't include olive oil, avocado oil, or coconut oil. Okay. Love those three. Which are all good. Okay. And are all made from fruit, which is why they're fruit. not. Fruit. Technically, they're... avocado is technically a fruit. And that always gets and me. Okay. And, and olives. And coconuts. So they don't fall into the vegetable oil category. Which Got is it. It's like people always ask me like when I would meet with patients and I'd be like, okay, so we're going to eliminate vegetable oils. They'd be like, oh, I can't have olive oil. I'm like, no, it's not a vegetable oil. See, now there's a there's a trick of my lifetime. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did not know an olive was a fruit. I did fruit. not know that. I did not know that. <laughs> And, it, mm. and that list also doesn't include any of the nut oils. So like macadamia mm-hmm. nut oil, almond oil, peanut oil, palm kernel oil. Okay. That Those are not included in that list of really toxic vegetable oils. Okay. But you don't want to heat them because they do become toxic oh. if they're heated. Oh, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. And, and how do we even know if we buy a product if it's been heated? <clears throat> that's a good question. So okay. that does have to do with the processing and I'll kind of get into that. Okay. Um, okay. But if you see like cold pressed. Yes. Typically that means it wasn't heated in okay. the process of extracting it. But we'll get into that with the vegetable oils and why that doesn't necessarily like matter. Okay. So much for them. Like it doesn't make a difference. They're still shitty. So. Okay. <laughs> do Don't them. fall for the cold pressed organic canola oil. Canola oil. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. But it's organic. Yeah. I actually read an interesting article that said even cold pressed, they, they were looking for cold pressed organic like canola oil and they couldn't find any that contained less than 5% trans fats. Which is like those okay. those oils are not supposed like they yes. advertise trans fat free. Yes. So it's because it just oxidizes so easily and rapidly, especially canola oil. And it's still in there. And it's still it's oxidizing, so it's creating trans yes. fats in the bottles. So even if it quote unquote didn't have trans fats when they bottled it, it has trans fats by the time you're like consuming it. 
Okay, not stable food. Not stable. Okay, not buy stable, stable food. Yeah. Be a stable person. <laughs> yeah, be a stable. And I realized too, like, so we talked in the last series, the first thing we talked about was sugar. Like, yes. you were like, what's the one thing you would remove if you could remove anything? And I said sugar. Sugar. And after doing all the research for this podcast, it's, I'm like hard pressed whether sugar or vegetable oils are worse. Oh. I'm hard pressed. I can't decide. But okay. here's, here's here's what I'll say. Okay. Because most of the health professionals I read said vegetable oils are worse because they're okay. even more inflammatory. But here's my thought. All right. Here's my thought on yes. why sugar is worse. Because sugar is addictive. Yes. And people yes. crave sugar. Yeah. Whereas people don't crave vegetable oils. Right. And vegetable oils. They just oils crave a different. fat, but there's so many good fats. There's like good fats. And it's like, what do you, you for sugar, what do you, right. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I think sugar is worse because okay. sh- both sugar and vegetable oils are in everything. Yeah. Like you literally can't buy any processed food. Right. And it doesn't contain sugar or vegetables. Yeah. Oils. And like zone in here on processed foods. Like, so, hey, hey, going to look whole foods, whole foods, guys. Yeah. Whole foods. Yeah. yeah, even, okay, even, like, the healthier processed yes. foods. Right. Like, I hate Granola to throw bars. companies or anything under the bus, but yes, I won't name names, but even, like, healthy kids' brands, like, there are particular brands yes. that sell, like, healthy goldfish and gummies right. and crackers and granola yes. bars. yes. And they all contain sunflower and safflower oil, sometimes canola oil. Yeah. And these are like the organic, sometimes gluten-free. Yeah. Even some of our very popular like energy bars that everybody loves and eats. Yeah. They have sunflower oil in them. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it says like, oh, it's expeller pressed or it's cold pressed. Like all expeller pressed means is that like they didn't use solvents Okay. To extract it, okay. but it still goes through all the other damaging Ooh. processing that mm. makes it so reactive and makes it oxidative. Adding solvents to my food to expel anything from it seems also not okay. <laughs> yeah, like a exactly. solvent when I'm like painting furniture, the solvents I have to like mask yeah. up and like okay, so uh-huh. it, uh, this sounds bad. Okay, yep. Wild. Okay, and so you really sunflower. Is a no no. Yeah. Because it's a seed sample. still. Yes. Okay. And it's okay. reactive. It's okay. it's like, okay, so like back in the day, they used to make like oils with what was called a wedge press at okay. home. So you could make like canola or like it was it's rapeseed. Okay. Don't like that. It's a terrible name. Don't like that. Yes, it's but rapeseed, which is like a relative of canola. They used to make that okay. oil back in the day, but it was with the wedge press. So you'd like pack it full of seeds and it would like over the course of a few days. Oh. Slowly, just slowly, like slowly like press, 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 press. And then yes. the oil would start coming out. And that was like really antioxidant rich and full of good fats. Oh. No. But it's just trip, being trip, trip. gently extracted over the course of a few days. There's no heat. There's no solvents. There's no, and you weren't heating it. Yeah. Like you weren't taking it and heating okay. it. They would use it for other things. Okay. So, like, so that's okay. That's okay, that's but nobody okay. makes oil. So it's really right. the processing of oil that makes it so bad. Okay. And once okay. it's in foods, it's really just like, it's just reacting with the, the air and the environment and the heat. And like, imagine the condition that, like, yeah. even a food containing like an expeller pressed oil in it yeah. is like sitting in a hot warehouse and then it's like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. And interestingly, even some fats that are like non-trans fat, when they hit the heat from your body, can be converted to trans fats because of the heat. Uh, if we were microscopic and we could see all of us go down, we would all choose better choices. Choose better choices. <laughs> choose, choose, choose better. So anyway, so that's why I still think sugar is is worse okay. only because of the like addiction factor. Yeah. And the fact that like people talk about sugar like 
Yeah, oh, culture. Yep, culture. Whereas if you tell pressure. people like, "Hey, I need you to cut vegetable oils out of your d- diet," yeah. like, they don't freak out like they do if you tell them to cut sugar. Yeah. So that's where yeah. I think our unhealthy relationship to sugar is what to me makes sugar more toxic. Yeah, we need to cut that. But we're working on that. Wise, okay. Sugars and vegetable oils. They both inflame your body. Yeah, vegetable oils. We don't oils need inflamed bodies. No, we don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so here's here's our little history lesson. Are you ready for this? This is I'm in by it. The way, I'm in it. This yes. is what like in that podcast with Sally Fallon that I sent you that you never listened to. Yeah, <laughs> it's on my list for today. <laughs> <laughs> she tells this story, and I have looked it up and done some like side research, and I found like the same story just repeated with slight variations. But okay, so Procter and Gamble, okay. Procter and Gamble was a soap and candle maker in the 1800s. Yes. In the 1800s. Yes. They figured out how to get the oil out of cotton seeds. Okay. And cotton seeds were essentially this waste product. And they were this terrible waste product because if you stored them for like any period of time, they would go rancid really easily. Mm. And they would smell like horrid. Like apparently they have this horrid smell. So there's just bags of like rancid cotton seeds laying around. Yeah. Nobody knows what to do with. So Procter & Gamble is like, hey, let's capitalize on this. So they created a like process Smart. machinery and this way to like smush the oil out of the seeds. Yes. Which, by the way, was like smelly black goo. Yep. And then they worked with like scientists to add solvents and created this way to clean it up. Okay. And make it not smell and make it like a color that looked more appealing. If you bleach it, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and they started making candles with it. Okay. And they were getting this stuff for essentially free. Yeah. So it was a good strategy for them. Yeah, brilliant businessmen yeah, right there. Because you're yes. getting this product, you just have to you have to pay for all the machinery and the people yep. to clean it up, but otherwise yep. you're getting like it's not a lot of overhead, so yeah. smart. Okay, so then electricity comes along. Okay. People are less electricity. People aren't buying candles so much anymore. <gasps> right. So Procter and Gamble is like, what are we gonna do? With all these, yeah. With all this oil, now we've invested in all this like machinery uh-huh. and mechanization to produce this mm. oil. What are we going to do with it? Because we're not making candles, yeah, like like we were. Now yeah, people are using electricity. Yeah. So they're like, okay, why not just tell people they can eat it? <clears throat> so okay. we're we're literally you can eat candles some, as well, you guys. Candles. <laughs> <laughs> you need candles. So they're pivoting in business. So let's just give them a hand of applause. Yeah, that there. was a good pivot. <laughs> that was getting good marketing to make Strategy. us believe we could eat candle goo. Yeah, like the, so yes. exactly. So they basically went from making candles to making Crisco with the same product, mm. different, different yes, chemistry, like process, yep. different chemistry yep. to make yep. it, but the same exact product. So, so they're like, okay, so they knew already how to hydrogenate the oils and harden them. That's how they're making their candles. Okay. But now you, you can't make a candle hard or nobody's going to want to eat it. You have to make it like a spreadable consistency. Ew. Yeah. So they, oh. fi- <laughs> they figured out that they needed a catalyst in order to prevent the oils from tangling and creating an in- inedible product. So when they first started hydrogenating them and they weren't adding the catalysts, they were like creating primordial plastic. No way. Like inedible, tangled, like, like the molecules would tangle. No way. And that's how they started having like unsaturated fatty acids and that's how they like the chemistry behind it. They created a way to prevent the molecules from tangling and they added solvents and, and like all that stuff to so that they weren't just making straight up plastic, but it was some trial and error. 
Oh my word. So if you just drink fingernail polish while you're eating plastic, it all is, it works, guys. It's, it's the equilibrium. <laughs> what idea is this? Okay. okay. Right. And then it's like, oh, well, we could eat this. Okay. So they use. Okay. Did the scientists who do this eat it themselves? I'm really That's curious. A good question. If they like it was fooled kind of, themselves. It was food for the poor people. Okay. So I don't know that they would have. Okay. Because or it was maybe, like the cheapest way to make. Oils. Did they have a thought back then that anything you can't eat is fine for you? Your body doesn't care. But I guess even like who was the old, so. you know, like not Socrates, but the Hippocrates, or who was like um, food is medicine. Yeah. So uh, surely they would have known back then. Okay, carry on. This people is astonishing. People okay, know. people had a. There's sense. no way to not be astonished by this. <laughs> yes, I mean yes. it's like 1910. Like we did have common sense. <laughs> and who was <laughs> the first person to try life. it? Like you saw that batch just hardened into like a plastic <laughs> toy. But now we added a little solvent. Will you try this batch? Who's going to be the guinea pig, right? <laughs> this is why they came up with rats to try it on. Okay. <laughs> Such a bad idea. I'm not. No. Okay. Well, and that's when we invented rats. <laughs> <laughs> Here, puppy, puppy. I got to make it smaller. <laughs> oh, my God. Advancement. Right to microphone. <laughs> We love advancements. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's how they they kept it from turning into plastic was they applied heat, pressure, hydrogen gas, and a metal catalyst like nickel, aluminum, or sometimes other toxic metals in order to extract the cottonseed oil and then make it appear (sighs) edible. Which, by the way, like the nickel and the aluminum can stay in trace amounts in those hydrogenated oils. Oh my word, adding heavy heavy metals to a food is also such a bad idea. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Which, by the way, that process, so we all are familiar with trans fats, that process creates a whole array of fats most of which have not been studied. Trans fats have been studied, like, and in depth. And then cut. Yep. And cut. Yeah. But we actually, there are components that that process creates that haven't been... Studied or cut? Yeah. studied. Okay. So that's They will be studied and they will be cut. But you can cut it out of your life today. today. <laughs> <laughs> By making better choices. Cancel it. Yep. Cancel yeah. It. So they use that process for cottonseed, but that is basically the process that's used today for the extraction of other seed oils, like sunflower, safflower... Um, corn, canola, soy, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. It's wild. That's, that's, that's the history lesson. Now we can get into your questions. Oh, my word. Well, that was fascinating. Lesson. I'm like that. And there's more history. Like, I, I, I'll probably talk more about that as we get into it. But that's yes. the initial. That's how. I thought that was, like, the most important thing. That's how vegetable oils came to be. It always comes back to the man and money, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, patriarchy, come on now. Let's have a little bit more generosity and health, would you? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. So, okay. Some questions I have just like the day-to-day living with oils. Okay. So, what is it that those bad oils do to our bodies? I mean, I can see like, don't eat that. It turns into hard plastic. But when I do eat the canola oil or I do eat the whatever oil... Um, what, what is it doing to my body that is no bueno? No bueno. Yep. Um, okay. Well, so first and foremost, they're inflammatory. Okay. Yeah. They're inflammatory. They're not natural. Like okay. we did not evolve to eat those oils. Okay. Cause we didn't have the 
mechanics yes. to extract them. And yeah. you, your our, our caveman ancestors would have never just found like a giant pile of rancid rotting seeds and start shoveling them down. <laughs> yes, and then adding <laughs> solvents and mixtures over the pot. Yep. Yep. So so they're not natural. We didn't evolve to eat them. And they're inflammatory because we can't digest them well. Yes. Um, and they contain polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are really delicate. Okay. Um, and they oxidize extremely easily. And so, not to get super nerdy, but the process of oxidation, when we talk about that, it simply means adding an oxygen molecule okay. to a compound. Okay. So, these oils that are unsaturated means that they have the ability to bond with another molecule. So, a saturated molecule cannot bond with any other molecule. So, it can't, oh. can't bond with another, like oxygen or hydrogen or nitrogen or any of those molecules your science brain is awesome we're getting into a little a little biochemistry yes so when it's unsaturated it can bond to another molecule and one of the most reactive molecules is oxygen it bonds really easily i won't get into the electrons and the electron arrangement and And the neuron (laughs) i won't get into that but but that's why so that's what we mean when we say oxidation and then that process is damaging because it can create these oxidized byproducts, which are harmful okay. for our body. That's why we always want to consume antioxidants that protect against the against oxidation, the oxidated byproducts. Okay, okay. And the processing of those oils is it separates them from their okay. natural antioxidants. So when we talked about that, like okay. home wedge press, that would have been like yes, slowly over the course of several days, separating out the oil from the seeds. Yes, they still contain their antioxidants, but when you heat and mechanically process them, okay. you remove them from their antioxidants. So now they're reactive; they have room to attach to oxygens, which yes. makes them like oxidative, okay. and they don't contain their natural antioxidants anymore. Golly, they <clears throat> are sensitive little creatures, uh-huh. huh? Yes, yeah. And then, like I said, even cold-pressed oils, when they get introduced to the heat from our bodies, can become oxidized and converted converted to trans trans fatty acids. Um, and trans fats, the reason those are so bad yeah. is because they destroy our body's natural enzymes. Like, they basically gum them up. Like, they glom to our <laughs> natural enzymes, and our enzymes can't work the way they're meant mm. to. Okay. And then it hampers our cellular function and can actually like, kill cells. Okay, I'm so glad they bad. took that out of production. Yep, yep. I remember when that happened and I was like, about time. Okay, about speaking, time. Yes. just here's a little history. Yes. Here's a little history lesson. Um, speaking of, <laughs> so they, they I looked up the, the history on this. So in the United States, trans fats became banned around like 2014, 2015. I was going to say six or seven years ago. Yep, I yeah. remember when it happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. So did you know Mary Ennig is a, like a lip... Oh God! What do you call it? A lipid- lipidologist. She mm. was a fat, fat and oil scientist. Love it, love it. Nineteen eighty-eight. Okay, that's when she went to Congress and was like, "Hey, these oils are really dangerous. I've been studying them. They're disrupting cellular function. They could cause cancer. We have Maybe no idea sick. what the ramifications of this could be." Literally presented her case in front of Congress. I was going to, I was going to read, I was going to read that quote from the book that got all over it. That's okay. We're just going to revisit history. Okay. So she literally went to Congress 1988. And when did they get banned? Okay. Wait, Mm. almost 20 years later. Holy moly. Over, or 30 years. Almost 30 years. Almost 30. 1988 is the year I was born. 
Oh, it took that long. It took essentially my entire lifetime for them mm-hmm. to get banned. And they knew from mm-hmm. next, like, she presented compelling evidence. And yep. like, these are really dangerous. We have to figure out what's going on. Other countries were banning them. Yes, I would say other countries have banned them. Yes, we're the, the Americans are the last ones to be like, well, our big food companies still need that income. So. Yeah. They're still being subsidized. Yeah, they're still paying us a little paycheck here and there. So we're going to ignore this for 30 years. 30 oh, my years. word. I bet she was so happy when it went through. I think she was dead. <gasps> I don't, she well, died? I don't, I don't know. 30 I don't, years later? I don't think she's still alive. I was hoping she's so healthy. Somebody she's better living fact to 120. check that. Fact check us. <laughs> fact check us. Fact check <laughs> I'm going to look it up, and if I'm wrong, we'll put it in the notes, but I'm pretty sure she's not alive anymore. Because oh. she was doing her, like, yeah, anyway. Yes. I mean, 30 Helping years is not that long ago, but she was that was after she several was... decades of research already. So. Oh. Well, hey, the, your legacy lives on then. Yeah. And we will not And if you're alive, that. I'm so sorry, but I'm pretty sure. And God bless. And thank you. And you're still, yes. Yes. <laughs> God. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, I should have known you were going to, like, bring that up. I'm like, I didn't do any history on her life outside of that moment of it. Where I was like, oh, my God. But now. How many hours are in a day, Eleni? You need to. <laughs> we need to check her, like, Instagram right now. Can we see if she's posting on Okay, but I'm going to do some research on her because several of the books that I read talked about her research. Like Weston Price talks about her research. Dr. Catherine Shane talks about her research. Um, Man, she did, like, she was the first scientist to really raise raise the alarm about those trans fats and vegetables. I love it how, like, one woman with a passion doing science, doing her day, can make a difference. Like, that's cool. Yeah, it just took 30 years and they ignored her, so. Yeah, but we press on, don't we? We press on. (laughs) Typical life of a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. Um, Okay, so here's the interesting thing about trans fats is they actually can act as like zombies. Okay. Okay, and what I mean like zombies is they can convert normal, healthy, polyunsaturated fatty acids into oxidized fatty acids. Damn oxidized. So our cells contain saturated and unsaturated fatty acids. That's like what helps form our cellular membrane. Okay. So literally every cell in your body has that cellular membrane. Nice little fatty outside. Yeah. And it's got a combination of saturated and unsaturated fatty acids. And then this creates this lipid bilayer. So that's how materials get into cells and then stay in cells. Okay. Keeps them in this little fat hug. So we have unsaturated fatty acids in our membranes and trans fats can convert those unsaturated fatty acids into oxidized fatty acids so Mm. it can start damaging your cells and then the thing with like sharing like oxygen is i mean once something so like if a molecule is unsaturated then it takes up an oxygen it's breaking a bond with another molecule and that molecule is like wait i don't have a partner and so then it goes and steals another oxygen because that's what's around okay so that's how that process works that's that's the only one there that saturday night you know like (laughs) you're lonely no judgment (laughs) so that's like a a radical chain reaction creates this okay that's why free radicals are so dangerous in our body because they create that process it's like this cascade okay and that's why we want the antioxidants to help out okay Power in the food we choose. Yeah, so that can damage your your cell membranes, your chromosomes, your hormones, etc. Yeah. <clears throat> um, also, what's bad is that vegetable and seed oils impair nutrient and vitamin absorption. Okay. And they fail to suppress appetite. So you eat more because you're still hungry and you're getting less nutritional value out of it. So... 
Like mm. fats, saturated fats, good animal fats, they help you absorb vitamins and minerals and nutrients. Okay. Vegetable oils prevent you from being able to absorb. <sighs> what a distinction when we're eating like like the micro matters. Like it's not just like go eat some fats. It's like, no, no, no. You have to choose the smart, the well stewarded food this is fascinating that's part of why i never recommend that people just eat like a green salad with no dressing on it like put olive oil on it yes put a good oil a good yeah good oil like olive oil is a good one olive oil helps with the absorption of the vitamin k okay in like leafy greens has lots of vitamin k if you don't eat a fat with it okay whether it's butter or olive oil or some other good saturated fat coconut oil you don't absorb the vitamin k Okay. So you don't get the nutrients out of it. So it really is like get the balanced meal. And if you're putting a processed salad dressing on it. Okay. That contains undoubtedly. Yes. Canola or sunflower or safflower oil. Now you're preventing your body from being able to absorb the nutrients in that salad. I can't believe you took sunflower oil off of my good list. I mistakenly thought it was on the good list because sunflowers are a happy flower. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it seems more organically quacky. Like so... I but it's the it. way that it's processed that makes okay. it bad. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is a fair, that's fair. It's the way that it's processed. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then the other thing is, so like margarine and trans fats lower your HDL, which okay. is your good cholesterol. Okay. And they can raise triglycerides, like my mom found when we switched to margarine. Yeah. Actual yeah. real life proof. So they lower HDL. That's the quote unquote, I don't like calling it good cholesterol okay. and bad cholesterol because you need it all. Okay. Your body needs it all. Just the right... But the LDL, yeah, in the right ratio, LDL can be damaging if it's not in a happy ratio with HDL. Okay. And margarine and trans fats and vegetable oils, they lower your HDL, so now it's not a happy ratio anymore. Keep your ratios happy, folks. Damage your arteries and your hearts. And then remember when we talked in our sugar podcast about how, like, sugar... Yeah. can damage the fat molecules, like the LDL, we talked about that. Yes. They damage the LDL fat molecules. So so any cell that's calling for cholesterol in your body, that the sugar damages the coating and can damage the label, and now that cell can't recognize that fat molecule anymore, so it can't bring it into the okay. cell. Like we talked a little bit about that. Okay. <clears throat> so vegetable oils do the same thing. They damage the label. So like all of the fats in our body, because our body produces cholesterol. Okay. That's why it's so... Silly. Yes. I think that like silly cholesterol in and of itself is bad. When our body produces it, why would our body produce something that's toxic? Okay. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense. Yes. Right. right. So our body produces cholesterol and then it attaches certain labels to distinguish certain types of cholesterol because there's different types. Okay. So fat, like bad fats, trans fats, and like vegetable oils damage those labels. So our body can't tell the good fats apart anymore. Okay. And they can't get what they need. Okay. Because they use those labels, so a cell will use that label to recognize, oh, that's the fatty acid I need. I need to rebuild my cellular membrane. That's the one I want. Yep. Now it's unrecognizable. We're going out on a Saturday night. Now you're like, what? Yeah. It's like a Your profile's gone. Who are you? Yeah. It's a speed dating round if you ripped everybody's name tags off. Yes, yes. And you're like, damn it, I really wanted to talk to Greg. Yes. Or put a blindfold on so you don't know which one's the cute one to you. Even better. Yes. Yes. And and you probably wouldn't want to take any of them because there's like a chance. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) not going to end well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's beautiful. Find the right one for you. Yeah. 
<laughs> Which is a saturated fat. Okay. <laughs> and then trans, trans fats also suppress our immune system, cause inflammation in the brain, and are implicated in Alzheimer's, dementia, diabetes, um, because they impair the ability of insulin to respond to glucose, and they injure our liver, kidneys, and are implicated in atherosclerosis, cancer, neurological and psychiatric conditions, depression. They can interfere with pregnancy and disrupt hormone production. Oh. <laughs> Just a few things. That's so go right now to your kitchen, throw out all the vegetable oils, and bring in the three fruit oils that yeah. we love. Yeah. Yeah. And then when, when you think about them in combination with sugar and how damaging and inf- inflammatory yeah. that is, yeah. that's like the biggest problem is that the westernization of the diet. Like, so it's possible that you could be completely like no sugar and yeah. never consume any sugar. And we talked about how in the last series we talked about like sugar and how it contributes to cardiovascular disease and stroke and dementia and Alzheimer's and kidney disease and cancer. Yep. But you could literally not touch sugar and still. Yep. Oh, there goes our camera. <laughs> okay, how long did we make it? 10 or 1042. I'll have to get one more step faster. Okay. To. Listen to okay. you. Like, okay. you guys, if you are listening to the audio version, you have probably heard every podcast at some point. I'm just like, <laughs> like oh, damn it. Like, and that's because our video, video has stopped working. So for those of you who have been watching video and are like, get your shit together. I promise we will. We're trying. The good news is we know no, more about nutrition than technology. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. did not. I I don't dedicate any brain space to technology. So anyway, that's some background. If you're just we'll listening, you're that. like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? It's because our video just our video just stopped and we have not successfully had a single podcast. Not <laughs> our video didn't just stop halfway through for some reason or another. We just keep eliminating all the variables. Yep, next time. Okay, anyway. we're gonna get it. We're gonna anyway, get like it. I was saying okay. like I was saying, yes. so you could literally never touch sugar in your life okay. and still have if negative, you were having yep. the trans fats and the vegetable oils still okay. end up with the cardiovascular disease, increased risk of stroke and dementia and kidney okay. and liver failure and diabetes okay. and cancer and all those things so you from gotta the vegetable cut the oils. oils or the the bad oils. Yeah, and then okay. if you combine them together, how much more are you like sugar and oil, sugar and oil? Your body is an Eden. I love this. Yep. Yes. Okay. So, good. Good choices. It's good to know like these. Two kind of rules to live by of like, okay, if I can get my sugar under control and if I can get my bad oils under control, I am in a great place mm-hmm. with just those two small decisions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. I love it. For me. Okay. What do good oils do for our bodies then? Good oils. Okay. So good oils, to me, the good oils um, include like animal fats. So yeah. even... Like butter, I'll get into that. Butter, yes. lard, like if it comes from a good source, grass-fed, pasture-raised animals. Okay. And then avocado oil, coconut oil, olive oil. I'm craving all of those right mm-hmm. now. Sounds yes. good, right? Yep. So, okay, so what is good, okay, what do good oils do? So, human milk contains butter fat. So, like breast milk itself con- contains butter fat. All mammalian milk okay. contains butter fat. I mean, that's why we can make butter from cow's milk. I love it. Or breast milk. Yeah, or, or breast milk. <laughs> how is, how is that tried. not marketed yet? <laughs> breast milk butter. It probably is. It probably is. Probably is. I'm going to research this tonight. Google you it. research scientists, and I'm going to research breast milk butter. Yeah. Okay. So it like that is a saturated fat. So that butter fat 
obviously, if yeah. if animals are using it to nourish their offspring from the beginning, yes, you have to imagine it's got everything you Nutri-ants, need. Nutrients. It's got the everything whole you need. Package. Like, let's just break it down to basics. Yes. So yes. those oils, saturated fats, are critical to our brain and our organ development. Um, and so the, those lipid bilayers that I talked about, the membranes that surround our cells, yeah. are 50% saturated fats. Okay. With the other percentage being unsaturated fats. Oh, 50-50. So, just about. Ooh. I mean, it's probably not exact, but yeah. yeah but it, we're close enough to 50% count. 50% saturated fats. Wow. So if you don't eat enough saturated fats, like okay. if you aren't eating enough like butter or coconut oil or other good saturated fats, then your body has to have a backup plan in okay. place because it has to make saturated fats in order. Every time it rebuilds a cell, okay, it has to have saturated fats to rebuild those cells. Okay. So it can actually make saturated fats out of carbohydrates. So if you mm. aren't eating enough fats, okay. you start to crave carbohydrates because your body the craving yes because it wants to make it out of them. the carbs yeah because it's I need to get my carbs. girl my little girl to eat more fats she yeah. craves carbs hard yeah so it's like healthy fats get her more healthy fats and bacon oh, my word. okay wait if the cell membrane is fifty percent saturated and fifty percent unsaturated how do we get that good unsaturated. Okay, I'll get into that, that later. Too. Okay, yeah, okay, we'll get that. There. We'll get there. Because it's it's a combination. Like every fat source has a combination okay. of unsaturated and saturated. Okay, fatty. Okay. So like even like canola, canola oil has a percentage of saturated fatty acids, which okay. are good, and unsaturated fatty acids, which are also good, but in the right ratios. Got it. So yeah. it's just watching it and the care, the quality yeah. of the. Okay. And that's why some of like the ones I'm naming like avocado oil and olive oil and coconut oil and animal fats, they have good ratios of unsaturated and saturated. Oh, it, they have both inside of there. Mm-hmm. I'm learning things all the time <laughs> yeah. that it's both saturated and unsaturated. It's not just like all the um vegetable oils are all unsaturated. Right. Okay. Although I'm they learning. market it as if it is. Yeah. Because they don't want you to know they contain saturated fats because they've villainized saturated fats. Yeah. Because animal fats are primarily saturated fats. Yeah. They've now villainized saturated fats to make you think you have to have vegetable oil. So they don't want to advertise that it's got saturated fats, but that's like one of the few like good things about it. Yes, I'm <laughs> learning. I'm yeah. totally learning. This is interesting. Yeah. And again, how like advertisements and media affect our decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's an interesting thing. So like the worst possible diet you could ever eat is a diet that's low carb and low fat. Okay. Like the South Beach diet, like that was a craze for a while. That yes. was really like high protein, no carbs, no fat. Oh. Terrible because your body doesn't have what it needs to build your cell membranes. We're learning as humans, aren't we? Like, yeah. let's try so You're not way. eating the carbohydrates your body needs and you're not eating the saturated fats. And so your body wow. isn't getting adequate, like adequate saturated fats to build the cell membranes. So, I mean, you have to yeah. understand biochemistry to yep. create a healthy diet and if you don't you're going to create something that sounds good in theory but like but isn't not good in, in practice. practice yeah um so build your cell membranes folks yeah. in the brain <laughs> the brain is 50 percent saturated fats mm-hmm. and there have been studies on children that show that children who don't consume ad- adequate saturated fats actually have stunted growth and development and don't become as strong or tall and have substantial substantially delayed neurological development compared to kids that eat saturated fats and if they take those kids and they introduce saturated fats into their diet they start to catch up 
How can we get this into our school systems? Yeah. Okay, let's pull. Okay, someone in our audience, how can we make this happen? Let's lobby. Let's pull. Let's make all the petitions. Let's make yeah. this happen. Yeah. For and our even next worse, gen. even worse. So if a yeah. mom is is avoiding saturated fats because like, she's eating trans fats from vegetable oils, yeah, like pretty exclusively, and then breast, breastfeeding her baby, the trans fats can actually replace unsaturated fatty acids that are present in high amounts in a baby's brain. And that interferes with their brain development. Oh, so no. So those, like, zombie trans fats can actually replace a baby's healthy, unsaturated fatty acids. And what we're doing that we don't even know as mothers, like, we're trying to do our best. And, and then the this thing, thing that got hijacked from us in the media to do this. <gasps> okay. We all need to do better and do our part and change. Yes! Okay, I'm on board. I'll sign yeah. whatever petition or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to go home and yeah. feed my kids avocado oil, olive oil, and MCT oil. So here's the thing on butter, and here's yeah. why butter is so good. Oh, and butter, yes. Why, here's why butter is good for... So the most important fatty acid in the brain is arachidonic acid. So the brain is actually 11% arachidonic acid. It's like... It has more arachidonic acid than okay. any other organ in the body. Okay. Which normally when you hear about arachidonic acid, it's... If you're studying like nutrition it's in correlation with like an inflammatory pathway so some people associate it with being bad but actually the brain needs it okay and arachidonic acid the reason it's important is it creates the tight junctions in your body so if you've heard of leaky gut yes that is a condition yes. where you don't have adequate tight junctions in okay. the intestinal lining and your cells become loose and then yep. food can pass like food proteins can pass through the cell membranes wow so yeah. you need tight junctions and you really want tight junctions in your brain yes you don't want a leaky brain because your brain has this like this basically cellular barricade yeah that we call the blood brain barrier that yes. prevents toxins from getting into your brain okay. and if you have leaky junctions your brain is a lot more susceptible to like heavy metal toxicity and chemical toxicity and all of those yes. things so you need arachidonic acid oh, it creates lovely. tight junctions that's why it's so like substantially present in your brain because mm -hmm. your brain has to keep those really tight like those cells are locked in to create that barrier wow. that blood brain barrier so you need wow. arachidonic acid and you don't get any you do not get adequate arachidonic acid from any other food besides animal fats okay so fats it is. Okay. and specifically butter okay i will <laughs> we have a dairy problem in my household um so i'm going to try to do the grass fed and give them i give them this little enzyme to help yeah. them have it and we're gonna we're gonna hit that again or you can try lard i mean yep. like good like just quality good lard quality yes. lard from a like a good source. Yeah. Animal. I mean, yep. you can go to like New Pioneer and find like good duck fat or. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, you it's like. Wow. If you just get used to using it, it's so good. Yes. Yeah. It's so good for it's you. Delicious. Um, it does sound delicious. So even the good oils like avocado oil and coconut oil don't have adequate amounts of arachidonic acid. Okay. So you need it. So for people that are suffering from leaky gut, especially getting that, that arachidonic acid okay. is important. Um, and then if you don't have adequate arachidonic acid, then you start to see issues like dry skin, eczema, um, memory issues, brain dysfunction, and digestive problems. Okay. Oh, my word. I am going straight to Pioneer Co-op after this and buying all the good fats. Duck fat. Duck fat. Duck fat. I'm like, yeah. I could probably give you some good, um, I have in our refrigerator, we have some uh, rendered lard, too, I could give you. I love it. Um, you, you rendered the lard? No, uh, the the farmer that we get our grass-fed cows from, he had some for sale, so we, we took his whole stock. <laughs> you, I want it all, yes. Yes, <laughs> I want it all. Give me, give me all the good fat. 
Um, and awesome. so just like, okay, I, I, I read this fact and I'm like, Kay's going to be interested in, okay. in this. So on yeah. arachidonic acid. So did you know, I, I did not know this before doing my research for this podcast, our bodies produce canna- cannabinoids, like the component in marijuana cannabinoids like really the the the, like constituents that are in marijuana we also make our own endogenous opiates and an endogenous equivalent to cocaine inside of us inside of us we create we create this is amazing so that is why i was like what so i got i was listening to a podcast with sally fallon and she was talking about this but it makes sense because that is why those drugs affect us okay is because we have receptors for them in our body if we didn't produce those substances endogenously, we wouldn't have receptors for them. But what? because we this do. This is wild. Yeah, so we produce our own variation of all of those constituents that we find in those drugs. That's why those drugs can affect us. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out, like, can I eat or do the right thing where now I have more of the cannabinoid, whatever. Okay, in yes. Uh, yes. So the cannabinoids are made directly out of arachidonic acid, which, again, comes primarily from butter and other animal fats. This yeah. is fascinating. And it's the same. So the opioid, the opiates and the cocaine-like chemicals that our bodies make, they rely on the constituents of animal fats like the vitamins and the cholesterol to be made. Wow. So if you feel depressed and unwell, maybe you're not getting enough animal fats. And if you get more animal fats, they actually, yeah. she actually talked about how people who are not getting adequate animal fats um, can become manic like oscillate between that manic depressive state. Okay, because your brain isn't able to kind of do its thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's like short wiring. Mm -hmm. Wow. I am like literally like thinking of what I can shove into my face today to make sure that this is all going okay. Well, I put butter in your your bulletproof (sighs) matcha latte over there. We'll see if I have tummy troubles later because my dairy. Then. I don't know. Okay. We'll find out. I also put a little xylitol in it and a little. Um, oh, I'm okay with that. My body's okay. My husband doesn't okay do well that. With xylitol. Okay. It also has a little MCT. So if you're not used mm-hmm. to MCT, it will make oh, you. I do MCT. Okay, I'm there. Good, good, yep. good, good. Otherwise, it shouldn't make you poop your pants. Yeah. <laughs> I should have warned you before I gave it to you, and then we sat down for like an hey, hour and a half drink podcast. <laughs> I run to the bathroom and just like come later. Well, the video's Con- off, so you could just continue it. Yeah, continue without me. Just keep talking. <laughs> um, yeah, and then like I talked about when we said that you know the vegetable oils prevent you from being able to absorb nutrients adequately. Animal fats help you absorb them, um, and that's why butter actually makes everything taste better because you're tasting the nutrition in it, and nutrition is flavorful. I think it's oh, so sad I when people it. talk about healthy food being bland or like tasting like cardboard. But the truth is, nutrients make things taste better. And are delicious. And are delicious. Add and the spices. Add the oils. Yes. Add the fats. Oh, yeah, dude, we have some good food that tastes yeah. delicious. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I love it. Okay. I love it. Where are we at? How are we doing? Okay. How are we doing? What time is it? On time? Okay, you have 20 minutes. Good. Okay. We're good. What is the nutrient densities of oils? Okay. Good, um, bad, or ish? No, yeah, that was you. I just left it because I'm like, she'll know what that means. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, what does that mean? Is it medium-ish or good or bad? Okay, I go ahead. Nutrient in the oil. Nutrient density. Yep. Okay, so as far as nutrient density, so starting with animal fats, animal fats contain vitamins A, E, D, and K. These are the fat-soluble vitamins. Okay. So water-soluble vitamins are like the B vitamins, <clears throat> vitamin C, um, and fat-soluble vitamins are A, E, D, and K. Okay. So you need fat to absorb those vitamins, which is why I always recommend people when they take a multivitamin, take it with food, because they oftentimes contain 
any of those vitamins and you need fat to absorb them. Okay. Um, so here's an interesting thing. So you, uh, at least if you've studied nutrition, you hear that you can't get vitamin D from foods. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, you know, some amount is present in egg yolks. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like maybe mushrooms and a couple other things. But for the most part you hear, you have to get it from the sunshine and you have to supplement. But here's a really interesting thing in that podcast with Sally Fallon that I was listening to. She talked about how, um... Actually, it can be really difficult to analyze vitamin D content in food. And in one study, they found 11,000 IU of vitamin D in one tablespoon of lard. No way. Which is, I recommend people get anywhere from like... Like yeah. eight, around 8,000 IU per day, yep. 8 to yep. 10,000, depending on where they're in at. One and this has 11,000. So that would be more than your daily requirement. Was he just a happy cow out in the sunshine? That's what I think. And I yes. think, too, the studies that look at, like, oh, you can't, like, oh, there's a little bit in, in yeah. egg yolks. Like, okay, but where are the egg yolks from? Are right, they from? If they're not the sunshine babies. Yeah. Are they from? Because. Otherwise, all those, like, happy birds that are out in the sunshine eating grass, like, they're getting everything that they yes, need. Yes, and the grass would have the sense. vitamin D growing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So okay. that's where I think, like, that is where lab studies are useful but can be so misleading. Yeah. Because oftentimes that's – and that's why you'll see, like, one study being, like, high vitamin A is really good for you and really good for fetal development. And then another study saying high vitamin A is really bad for pregnant women and for fetal de- Like it all depends Stressful. on the quality of the ah. vitamin A and yes. the lifestyle of the women that are taking it and how they're taking it and when they're taking it and what they're taking it with. Like all that stuff matters and most of that stuff is not controlled yes. in an experiment like that. Yeah, it and all matters. Quality, the quality is like what's yes. important there. So Yes, it all matters. <laughs> Crazy. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. So that is for... Let's see, I wanted to do. Oh, and then I was just gonna get into. I know I put the nutrient density of, um, like avocado oil and olive oil. Like I know I definitely included those two. Okay, so olive oil contains monounsaturated oleic acid. Okay. Well, we can get into that. I know you had a question on that. Yeah. Um, which that offers cardioprotective properties and is high in antioxidants. And it's high in polyphenols. So that's what olive oil has. And the study in one study found a 68% reduction in breast cancer in individuals consuming higher amounts of olive oil. Wow. Um, and avocado oil contains that like nice detoxifying chlorophyll. Like if you ever look at good avocado oil, it's a little bit green. Yeah. So chlorophyll is really good for you. It's detoxifying. Yeah. And the avocado oil is also really high in the monounsaturated fatty acids and high in oleic acid like olive oil is. Um, and it's anti-inflammatory and can help normalize blood lipids, reduce blood pressure, and protect against atherosclerosis. <clears throat> oh, my word. And coconut oil contains plant-based saturated fats that offer many of the um, benefits that animal fats offer, although it doesn't have that, like, nice quantity of arachidonic acid. Um, But it, like saturated animal fats, coconut oil can help raise your HDL and prevent oxidation of your LDL cholesterol, which the thing that's bad about cholesterol is when it gets oxidized, like we talked about with those, like, that oxidation process is very inflammatory very toxic yep. very damaging that's what we want to avoid um so coconut oil can prevent oxidation of ldl cholesterol um, okay. and it also contains 
the medium chain triglycerides, the MCTs, okay. like, yes. we put, like we put in our matcha this morning, Yep. Um, which the body really likes okay. that as an energy source versus it doesn't really store MCTs as fat. It will burn them readily as a fuel, okay. which is really good for you. Um, and it, coconut oil also has those polyphenolic compounds that are antioxidants and protective, just like olive oil does, um, that help protect against cardiovascular disease. Um, so... Um, I think like one thing that's really important to address, which we talked about some in the podcast on sugar, but cholesterol and heart disease, because um, I know I just have to keep saying it to dispel the, the rumor, because I yes. know people have heard cholesterol, like eating cholesterol yeah. clogs your arteries and it causes cardiovascular disease and you have to lower your cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So here's yeah. an interesting thing. So when you hear about something clogging your arteries, actually in an artery clot, there is way more calcium than there is cholesterol. Interesting. Okay. Way more calcium. And okay. and vitamin K, which is present in animal fats, yep. helps protect against calcium buildup in the arteries, which is why like I always recommend people take vitamin D with vitamin K and don't ever just take a calcium supplement unless they're also supplementing those things. Okay. Because if you don't have, so vitamin D helps your body absorb minerals like okay. calcium. Vitamin K tells those minerals where to go. Okay. So if you're just taking vitamin D and you don't have adequate vitamin K, you're absorbing all the calcium you need, but your body isn't directing it appropriately. You need adequate vitamin K to direct it appropriately. That's how it can end up in your arteries and in your kidneys and Golly. in your soft tissues. So you need vitamin K. Yeah. It's like your whole body has to stay in its like <clears throat> ecosystem. Yeah. Lush. Yes. Okay. It's important. Yep. That, For the whole exactly. picture. Yep. Yes. Yes. Um, and in fact, saturated fats are heart protective because they lower something called lipoprotein A in the blood, which is a very harmful molecule, which initiates atherosclerosis in the blood vessels. So that protein um, can cause blood clots in the blood vessels and animal fats, saturated fats, lower that mm. protein in the blood. And, and saturated fats can reduce calcium deposition in the arteries and are prefer the preferred source of energy for the heart muscle. So our heart muscles oh want God. saturated fats. Okay. I literally am thinking about my grocery list right now. Like I'm literally going to go buy more yummy, scrumptious, fatty, good fatty things. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to understand there's so much misinformation out there yep. about saturated fats, about cholesterol, about consuming cholesterol. And a lot of that had to do with the campaigns and lobbying of the vegetable oil vegetable yeah. oil industry yeah. because like you remember like P&G they turned candle wax into spreadable edibles and then yes. like created Crisco they had to do a lot of marketing and propaganda to get people to put down the butter and lard and start using this like candle wax crazy as a spread company's profit yeah they oh, had to convince word. people to use it so they actually had really effective marketing i've seen the advertisements from the 50s and it's fascinating yeah they like created this impression that it was dirty and vulgar to use lard and they actually like implied that your house would smell that your children wouldn't be as well behaved or as smart what if like you use lard like preying on a mother's fears yes they were so preying bad. on that like up and coming middle class and they oh really appealed word. to women in the south where they fried a lot of food yep sounds delicious convincing them to use crisco instead of butter or lard no. and to jewish communities because kosher law yep. like prohibits combining dairy and fat at certain times oh, of the day. Okay. And so you couldn't combine butter and meat, but Crisco solved that because it wasn't dairy. 
Dirty rotten. Yes. Oh my word. And they just ran all these advertisements and all this marketing saying that like vegetable oil was cleaner, healthier, pure, more digestible than animal fats. Um, so it was really interesting. And then do you remember Ansel Keys, our, our friend Ansel Keys? We talked about him in his seven countries study. Yes. In the Sugar Podcast. Yes, I remember. When this. we uncovered the fact that all of that research he was doing at that time was being funded by this the sugar industry. Yes, yes, this all comes back. Yep. So he is the one who shaped the perception that saturated fats cause heart disease. Um, and he didn't claim like to be a medical physician or cardiologist, but he was often portrayed that way, okay. like on screen in documentaries and in journal articles as yes. if he was this like cardiologist. So they would like stage him wearing this like white lab lab doctor's coat, coat yes yeah. talking to other people who were dressed like doctors and they're like all listening attentively to yep. him as if he is a doctor so yes. he didn't outright claim that he was but he was actually an oceanographer and he earned his phd he wasn't a medical doctor um like he earned his phd in the 1930s studying saltwater eels okay so this is his qualification is for that, yeah i know <laughs> the face of heart health in of the heart. united states <laughs> If we were close to eels, that'd be really helpful. (laughs) Which we kind of are, but you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So like basically his, we talked about those K-packs. That was the, like the K-ration, those meals he created, the ready-to-eat meals he created for soldiers that I really, they were loaded with sugar. Yes, yes. So we kind of talked about this conflict of interest of like, okay, if he had to admit that sugar was contributing to heart disease then he has to admit that he just like poisoned millions of yes our Uh, nation's finest yes yes right um so after that after he created those then he got hired by the minnesota um health public health department to study the rising rates of heart attacks um and so he in the 1950s is the one who popularized the idea that fat clogs our arteries like grease clogs a pipe and then he supported it with that seven country study which we know ignored a lot of important variables yes didn't contain all the data and so it made it look like the more saturated fat a country ate the higher rates of cardiovascular disease it had okay um so initially like his research was so sloppy and full of holes that all the scientists criticized it and rejected it um but Key's research was picked up and supported eventually as you might remember we talked about this in the um Sugar Podcast by the American Heart Association. Because they love that info. They yep. love that info. And yep. then they're the ones who really managed to convince doctors of the harms of saturated fats. And we did talk about some of that fact that the American Heart Association was being funded by the sugar industry. Yes. Well, in the 1950s, P&G, who were creating Crisco, okay. sent the American Heart Association a nice generous donation of $1.7 million. Oh. That the money. American Heart Association was saying, oh, yep, saturated fats are bad. Believe everything Hansel Keys is saying. And vegetable oils are the way to better heart health. And Which, how has that worked out for us? How has that worked out for us, right? <laughs> has our heart health improved in this country since we started consuming less fat and more vegetable oils? No, America. No. no, America. No, so it's obviously not working. Yep. And then, like, interestingly, so in the 1960s, He's like his research, he started to be like kind of attacked by other scientists um, because he was saying that saturated fats, like every time he talked about saturated fats, he made it sound like it was animal fats and specifically butter that was really bad. Okay. But in his laboratory and human experience, he wasn't feeding his subjects butter. He was feeding them margarine, which contained 48% trans fats. 
Uh-huh. And then he was calling it saturated fat. Oh. And everybody else was like, oh, that means butter. But it was actually margarine he was feeding them. So he's like, oh, look at all these saturated fats creating all these oh health issues. Word. But it was 48% trans fats. It's like so messed up. <laughs> so then he, be, like other scientists, really began to criticize him. And yep. he realized like shit was going to hit the fan. Yep. So he changed his tune and he started saying, oh, yep, you're right. When I was talking about butter, what I actually meant was margarine hydrogenated vegetable oils that's what's causing heart disease like after doing decades of damage okay like he starts to be like no 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 whoops my bad but at that point like the vegetable oil industry just it already had a lot of data that it could use wow and it just launched this massive pr campaign promoting the idea that it was the saturated fatty acid component in the hydrogenated oils that was causing the problem Crazy. So they were like, they started promoting that concept that polyunsaturated fatty acids are good for you. Okay. Saturated fatty acids are the problem. So they're like, no, no, it's not the margarine that's Crazy. the problem. It's the saturated fat in the margarine that's the problem. Okay. They launched this like massive all PR in itself. campaign. Okay. All in and it, that yep. is easy because animal fats are mostly saturated fat. So if you can convince people that saturated fats are bad, what are they going to eat? The product um, that's mm-hmm. higher in unsaturated fats. Crazy. And it's all marketing. And, but, but like go back to just whole food and eat good, real whole foods. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. Friends. Yep. Um, Okay. How much oil do you suggest in a daily diet? So that that's a good question. I think it's kind of hard to answer. Yeah. Um, because it really depends on the person. Okay. And it depends on their health targets and their goals and the stage of life that they're in. Yeah. Um. So I feel like the jury is kind of out on it. Okay. But especially for women, like for optimal hormone health. A lot of what I see is recommendations to get anywhere from 50% to 70% of your daily calories from fats. Wow, that much. Because yeah. they, they do have a lot of calories in mm-hmm. them. But they satiate you, so it's like, it's all good. Yeah, it's a really good way to get adequate calories without consuming a bunch of carbohydrates and sugars and things that are going to turn to fat in your body. Yes. You're consuming these heart-healthy, protective, antioxidant, vitamin, and nutrient-rich fats. Um, yes. So I don't have like an exact amount. Like I can't say, oh, eat four tablespoons, because it would really depend on what you were eating. Okay. But the, yes. the goal would be to aim from anywhere to from 50 to 70% of your daily calories coming from fat. Oh, I love it. Okay. It gives us the benchmark and then like check in on your own body and how's it working for you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. What are the best oils to use hot or cold? Like how's that of our best oils that we use? Best oils. Okay. That's a good question. I would say if you're cooking hot foods, you're always safe with saturated fats okay animal fats specifically yes because they are very 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 stable okay so unlike an unsaturated fat which can be reactive with heat and oxygen and okay a saturated animal fat is not going to behave that way so it will always be stable so you never have to worry about cooking with animal fats okay heat it up yeah so if you can do the lard or do the butter that's that's just my first choice always um Avocado oil has the highest smoke point of all the oils, so the temperature at which it becomes damaged is much, much higher than other oils. So I feel like if you're not going to use like a saturated fat, like a butter or lard, um, then using something like avocado oil is a good, like that's a good alternative. I think the smoke point, I can't remember exactly, but I think the smoke point was 
around 400 to 450 degrees. Okay, which is super high. Super high. Yeah. Most people aren't cooking at that. And right. the lower temperature you can cook any food at, the better okay. in general. Okay. So um, coconut oil has a lower smoke point than um, avocado oil or olive oil. Okay. So both of those can be cooked at a higher temperature than coconut oil. However, I don't like to cook with olive oil. Yeah. Like, I feel like the jury's kind of out on that okay. one. Okay. Um, so stick with the others. Yeah. But I would stick with the others. And I think olive oil, really, it's best cold because some of the best components of olive oil are its polyphenols and its antioxidants, and you damage those when you heat it. Okay. So that's where, like, olive oil, I put it cold on a salad as salad dressing. I think that's the best way to do it. I wouldn't... Yeah. I. At this time, I don't recommend heating or cooking with it, but avocado oil and animal fats are a good one. Are the good heated up? Okay. And then cold, like good ones are like olive oil. Still, avocado oil is good cold. Like anytime you don't have to heat it, I wouldn't. Still good. Yep. I wouldn't. Yes. Um, And then like some of those nut oils that I mentioned, like the macadamia nut oils, the... um, uh, Peanut oil, I'm kind of like on the fence about that. Okay. As far as oils go, it's not as like damaging or inflammatory but peanuts are such a like difficult food to navigate because they're so high in that aflatoxin mold that's so bad for us that's like I don't know but like almond oil anything like that any nut oils cold okay okay keep keep your nuts cold keep your nuts cold it's not good for them to get hot (laughs) (laughs) oh that is it okay so maybe I need to transition my kids away from the peanut butter Mm. I think that's an important point okay so butters, like nut butter, okay. sunflower butter, seed butter, those are not bad like okay. the oils are because okay. they're not going through that intense Rigorous process oil. of extracting the okay. oil. They're just being Churned. blended. Yep. And the blending process does release some oil, but you can imagine that it's not enough on like a global, yeah. to produce a global amount of oil. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, so the the grinding process is fine like okay sunflower seed butter is fine sunflower seed butter is almond fine. butter is fine okay like, all those things are fine okay and peanut butter is again yeah it's, not, it's that high content of mold that really is what yep. makes that a dangerous food okay and i knew i was i knew that was in the orange like instead of like a green food yeah. or a red food i knew it's kind of orange so i kind of let it slide because you know parenting's hard so yeah. Yeah, and even it. like it's kind of unfortunate because even like organic peanut butter tends to be one of the worst sources of it because oh. they're not using any process to like fumigate Oh, and right. Remove Letting all life all. matter. Like, oh, conventional, no. conventional processing removes, like, every Kills them all. bit of life matter. And <laughs> the mold still grows, but not probably not to the same extent as, like, organic. That's un- wow, unfortunate. That's... Unfortunate. But I think it's kind of a toss-up. Like, what's worse? All yeah. the conventional pesticides or the mold? I don't know. Right. That's <laughs> where I kind of was like, oh, peanut butter is so tricky. Yes. But yep. maybe you can alternate it for your kids. Like, start yeah. adjusting them to, like... Yeah almond butter or cashew butter or something like that yeah. and kind of like rotate it in. Yep. Which I've spoiled them too that now they like that taste of like the cane sugar added peanut butter mm. which that's just the life we live in and that's where I went. So now I'm trying to do it where with the honey involved where it's yeah. like at least then they can transition with that otherwise they have nothing to eat. You yeah. know what I'm saying. I'm try- do, We're trying to do better as parents but come better. on. You know yeah. what I mean. Um, okay. Okay. We, okay. What is the difference with the extra virgin and less virgin, like the olive oil? What does that mean and what do you recommend? Okay. So so both virgin and extra virgin olive oil are um, unheated. Okay. So they're both good. Okay. I think 
I honestly think what it comes down to is the grade okay. of olive oil. So I think the extra virgin is simply a better grade of okay. olive oil. So it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the process okay. of, of creating the oil. So it's not like virgin is heated and extra virgin is not. They're okay. both an unheated process. Regular olive oil that's not virgin or extra virgin is heated and damaged. Okay. So I would stay away from that. Okay, so do do virgin or extra virgin. Yeah. Okay, got it. And the extra virgin is, it's a better grade. So it's like okay. if you ever hear of like grades assigned to like honey or maple syrup or things like that, it just means it's cleaner and purer and typically it's got better flavor. Okay. It tends to have like a better flavor profile, but that's... I. From what I understand, okay. that's kind of the only difference between them. Okay. Virgin and extra virgin. But you do okay. want to stick with virgin or above. Okay. We can do that then. Um, oh, and what does... Uh, okay, wait. The difference between, between the butters and the sunflower butter versus sunflower oil. Oh, you did kind of say that. Yeah. So we're okay. And so I'm going to start adding sunflower butter to their lives, to my yeah, little kids. I like sunflower butter. Okay. If you make it yourself, it turns yeah. green. Yes. Okay, my little kid. Yes. <laughs> and I had these huge sunflowers in my back garden that were like this big. So I get the seeds, and you can teach me how to make it in the butter. Oh my god! Well, you're gonna have to like shell all of them. It's probably worth okay. just buying shelled seeds. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just gonna tell my kids to do it, but that's fair. No, okay, you can, have, do you can have your kids do, we'll it. do that. That's gonna be like this is the fruit of your labors. So yes, they will li- eat it then because they work hard. Two for ounce it. drawer, <laughs> a little jar. Okay. Yeah. What? Okay, I was looking at my sunflower butter, and it said high oleic oil. Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay, what does that mean? Okay. Okay, so if you're buying sunflower butter and they're adding sunflower oil, that's okay. that's not my favorite because then it's containing... It's the oil that they added. It should just be like oh. ground up. It should just be ground up sunflower seeds. They shouldn't have to add oil to it. This distinction, I did not even know to pay attention to it, whether it was an oil or the butter. I just yeah. paid attention to the high oleic, whatever yeah. word. I'll have to pay attention now. But, but it depends. So if it just says high oleic sunflower seeds, what okay. that means is like, it's kind of like... It's a modified seed. So basically they modified the seed to have a higher percentage of oleic acid. Okay. Which is like that's the present that the acid that's present in olives that's good for you. Okay. It's a good so that's like an omega nine. So we often hear about omega three fatty and acids six. and yeah. six fatty acids. Oleic acid is the omega nine fatty acids. Oh, oh, oh. So there's like I'm learning so much today. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So anyway. And you do need that in a certain ratio. Okay. But it's basically saying we tried to make sunflower seeds healthier for okay. you and they contain more. And that omega-9 is less reactive than the omega-6s. Okay. Like we didn't get into that in this podcast. I didn't want to get into like omega-3 versus omega-6 versus yeah. omega-9. Like that's a whole separate that's a topic. a whole podcast on its coming own, at you. On its own. That's important to address. Um Okay. But besides that, we know that we get a lot of omega-6s from our diets because they tend to be very heavy in vegetable oils and processed grains, which are high in yeah. those omega-6s. So anyway, um, they have modified the seed to contain more okay. omega-9s, but it's still not optimal. Like the oil from it still isn't optimal okay. because it still contains tons of those unsaturated fatty acids that are reactive. And then as we learned, those reactive molecules can make other molecules reactive. So I still would avoid it, even if it's like high oleic sunflower oil. 
Yeah. If they're adding oil to it, that's that's what's weird to yes. me. You yes. shouldn't have to because when I make sunflower seed butter, it mm-hmm. produces its own oil. Like You know what? Mine actually, now that I think about it, it was my cashew butter mm. and they added it they into added it. They added it. Gross. Why? I don't Why know. Why would you ruin something like cashew butter with sunflower oil? I know. And this butter so tastes amazing though. Okay. So I'll try to research a better... One that doesn't have that addition in it. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a pain. Like, you have to have a food processor, but it is so easy to make your own nut. Like, I just do that almost exclusively for, like, cashew butter or sunflower butter. I just make my own. Like This is a recipe coming at you guys. This will be... Here it is. Are you ready? Thank you. (laughs) We will do a YouTube YouTube video video. on this to teach me. You dump your nuts. You dump your nuts in your food processor and you blend them up. And that's it. That's it. You don't add Number anything. one, you have to buy a food processor. <laughs> you <laughs> have to have like a grown-up kitchen move. I'm yeah. about to grow up this year and buy a food processor. I love mine. Yeah? Every day. I'll just see which brand you have and which okay. I'll, I'll look at it. Yeah. I'll have to buy one. Yeah. Okay. I need to buy a new one, actually, so, so oh. we can do some research. But, okay. I but not until I'm employed again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or please support us here on the podcast. <laughs> I okay. love it. Well, that's all the questions I had for you, but I... <laughs> am so motivated I literally am so motivated to go home and do better on my diet and my food and now especially with my kids thinking like oh I've kind of let them go a little bit on the fat so much I'm like letting that slide mm-hmm. and I'm like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna rein that in again. I liked that when I was listening to that Sally Fallon podcast like one of the things she said she's like I talked to these mothers who like harried and hassled and nervous and they're wondering if their kids are getting the nutrition they need and I tell them just give them bacon and eggs put butter on it and it's gonna be fine I love it I love it I love it so there you go there's your advice I love it and even and that bacon needs to be like a good bacon right like good bacon like a no nitrate and blah 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 okay yeah yeah, got you you want good bacon you want bacon bacon from happy pigs happy pigs sad pigs are scary I know yes all pigs are scary I'm afraid of pigs but (laughs) all pigs are scary all pigs are scary but happy pigs are way less scary because I've been okay I've been, when I was completing my first master's degree, I studied animal, like the um, staph-resistant bacteria Okay. in animal confinements. Yes. And so I went to hog barns and like yes. CAFO turkey confinements and chicken confinements. Yes. And the hog barns were by far the scariest because the farmer like we walked in with was like, don't get your boot too close to the hog confinement <laughs> or they'll just chew it right off your foot. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, pigs are so smart. And then you can, combi- like, confine them. They have no, like, activity. And they can't, they literally go insane and they will <laughs> just eat me. And then we're, like, walk- <laughs> we're walking around in there and it's just me and my, like, um, my advisor. They will, they will eat you to <laughs> Who's death. like yeah. in, in charge of my research. So it's me, my advisor, and this farmer. And the farmer is like, yeah, you know, the best place to hide a body is a, a pig confinement. You just throw the body into them and they'll eat it bones and all. And I'm like, what? Are we, are we, is, is this what's going down right are now? Are you going to kill us? <laughs> We're going to die here. We're going to die. This is where we die. This is where we go. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say being from Iowa, my... Um, Husband's family are all pig farmers, and I have loaded out many a pigs in the morning, and um, I do feel this. I feel that strongly. <laughs> they're scary. They I think scary. they're scary. They yeah. are. They are big and smart. You're right. Yeah, they smart. can. Yeah. That is so hilarious. And they will eat you bones and all. Yes, they will. <laughs> what a positive place to end this podcast on. I'm well, glad we're making a difference here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that knowledge. A lady, you were expanding my brain. I think you're helping a lot of people achieve 
better health to have better brains and better bodies to feel better for ourselves. So yeah. thank you so Amen. much for your knowledge. And for the rest of us, let's go be renegades. Go be renegades. All right. Thanks, guys. guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast. Follow us on all social media platforms and on our website, therenegadenutritionist.com. Please keep in mind that all of the information given in this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Kobe Renegade. Renegade.